0: Algar Productions. Algar Productions.
1: Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar
2: Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode two twenty
1: six, covering once more unto the breach and. The Siege of AR 558 with Amanda Smith. Hi, friends. I always put off introducing the guests, so Amanda's here. Hi, Amanda.
0: Hi, Amanda.
2: Hi, Amanda.
1: So now we've all said hi, Amanda, even Amanda herself.
0: The most important one. Everybody say hi, Amanda. There if are you'd like listeners... to say hi to
2: Amanda, write a letter to postatomichorror at gmail.com.
1: Yes, please do. There are <laughs> listeners who are scared of her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are I friends of hers her. that are scared of her, so.
0: <laughs> well, there, there are husbands of hers who
1: are not scared of her.
2: So.
1: Uh, I'm not scared of you.
2: Not hey, yet. You will be.
1: Yeah, probably will be.
0: You just wait until you wake up and I turn into a horror.
1: Then I'll just leave. <laughs> nope. That's how that goes. All right, so...
2: That's some uh, that's some love you got going on there.
1: It's muskrat love. No, <laughs> I, I don't even know what muskrat love
2: is. You don't want to know what muskrat I love is. I want you to muskrat tell me. I saw some muskrats <laughs> at a park last week, and trust me, ooh.
0: I just assumed that song was about muskrats having sex together. I don't know. Yeah, because
1: yeah. you don't believe in symbolism? Yeah. You just take everything literally? Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um... Well, the the not this first episode but the next one is definitely steeped in, in tremendous symbolism oh. and, and and I don't know if you got the message, but war is bad. Is
0: that what war is? I always thought
2: war was really
0: good. Mm. Which one is war? Do you guys is war the good one or the bad no, one? No that's no,
2: that's the one that's not pestilence or famine or death. Uh, right. Huh.
1: Or grievous bodily harm.
2: Yes. <laughs> or general grievous. That's it.
1: but time to abandon ship. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. I gotta do the steeply. I'm a
0: robot with a lung infection. And then he ties you and McGregor to some railroad tracks.
1: I'd watch that movie.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, that sounds pretty good,
2: actually.
1: But instead, we now must watch, or talk about, we already watched twice, two times. Once more, Unto the Breach.
2: That's from Shakespeare.
1: Dear friends. Uh, I seriously consider just doing a one-sentence summary for this episode, because it's really just a bunch of Klingons do a bunch of Klingon shit. That pretty much covers it. But you've come to expect more from this show, I think, which really just reflects poorly on you and your judgment. But I guess I'll get a little more specific. So Worf is visited by Kor, the last of those original series Klingons who managed not to get killed in that one episode where those guys came back. Also that one where they went looking for the Sword of Kalos and they intentionally lost it again for some reason. Now he's old, apparently, and his mind is going, which, given that we just saw him like five minutes ago, seems a bit out of nowhere. But this, even the best of Trek shows paints with a very broad brush, so all right. In keeping with DS9's kick-em-while-they're-down philosophy, Martok <laughs> actively refuses to give Kor a job fighting Jem'Hadar and Cardassians because one time 30 years ago Kor was a jerk to him. <laughs> Klingons, it seems, are still very much into the whole nobility-looks-down-on-poor-people thing. Big Downton Abbey fans, the Klingons. <laughs> Because of this, Kor refused to allow Lil Martok, or Old Two Eyes as he was then known, to become an officer because he wasn't from a noble house. Martok, being Martok, managed to claw his way to the top despite this, but he still holds a grudge because honor and blood wine and blah blah blah. And that's B apostrophe L A Q H, by the way. <laughs> but Worf, being the kind, compassionate friend that he is, asks Kor to be made third officer aboard Martok's ship. Despite the fact that Martok commands an entire fleet and Kor could have served aboard literally any other ship that wouldn't have involved looking his nemesis, excuse me, blood nemesis, directly in the eye. Naturally, hilarity ensues. Excuse me, blood hilarity. (laughs) Kor forgets something and jeopardizes the mission. Everyone underestimates him. Then he dies a warrior's death. Then everyone sings a song. Excuse me, a blood song. (laughs) I swear, we've seen this episode at least twice before. Meanwhile, Ezri says something nice to Quark, leading him to believe that she's in love with him.
2: All my time has finally paid off. This new chick totally loves me.
1: (laughs) Even though she's pretty much the same as the old one, literally. Yep. Only she's got a few extra experiences tacked on.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And smaller. And smaller,
1: yes. Well, I mean, at least he's got that going for him. He can kind of look her in the eyes now.
2: (laughs) That's
0: true. I finally
2: have a pocket-sized Dax I can take home with me.
0: But he might not, he might not like that. I mean, this deck's kind of nicer than yeah. the last decks. It it doesn't seem really up Quark's alley. He makes no. like angry, like smart, angry, tough. Well, kicks. he
1: was he was super into Kira early on. Yeah, he's, he's backed off because
0: his best friends in love. Well, with her.
1: before that, he backed off because she threatened to break his everything. Yeah,
0: that didn't make him back off. What made him back off was his very bit like his friendship.
1: I guess that's probably yeah. true. But I should then, pro- I
2: should probably lay off now. <laughs>
1: But there's that, and then he also has his Klingon wife, yep. who is also like yep. that. And then my, Matt was saying, <laughs> in the books, apparently.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he uh, he hooks up with Ro.
1: Yeah, and, and and some Ro. Ro Laren. Yep. Makes and total see, sense.
0: I get why Quark wants to get with Ro. Ro's of Ro's also basically just Kira. Yeah. Um, But I don't see what Ro gets out of the deal. No. And I like Quark. <laughs> Ro's but... just like,
2: I always wanted to know what it felt like to make out with a bear trap.
0: Mm. <laughs> but Row was kind of into Riker, like I, at least physically, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't get much less Riker than uh, no. He's than the Quark. most handsome,
1: barrel-chested, tough guy, masculine guy there is in uh, Star Trek.
0: And then there's Hawk. Quark.
1: Eh. But uh, yeah, Quark. I don't. I don't like. I is that book well written? Because I would actually like.
2: Oh, I don't know. I haven't read that far. Ah, I just know because that, I try to keep tabs on that kind of thing.
1: Sure. But in, in the hands of a good writer, I could actually see that really unlikely, kind of like Wharf and Troy. Like, yeah. There were yeah. elements of that we really liked, because they were like, wow, that doesn't make sense, but they kind of work.
2: Well, they bring. I know they bring Roe in as a main character in the DS9 book.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this, where the DS9 books have no, like, it's not even the same station or any of the same guys. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: I guess Quark's in it, though, so mm-hmm. that's
2: good. Well, you need something, I guess. But
1: none of the Starfleet guys are yeah. still there. Ugh.
2: No, it was basically a a certain amount of people without getting into spoilers will not be on DS9 after the last episode and uh right. So they replaced them with uh, you know, TNG characters.
1: No, and and we've talked about this. Like that's it's not a spoiler to say at the end of like at in the season finale or in the series finale of any show, characters go their separate ways. Mm. We're not necessarily saying anyone dies or whatever, it's just they all go on with their lives.
0: Yep. So. But if you know what uh characters have the right tone to be in ds9 it's definitely next gen here oh yeah
1: well Ro, but beyond that uh... i think roe would
0: fit
2: in pretty well and i think that's about it
0: yeah but you don't need Ro if you've got kira
1: i think if you didn't have quark you could bring in gynon yeah then, but then that's it mm-hmm. like gynon could totally just buy quarks and take over
0: i'd be
2: pretty okay with that yeah
0: you could have thomas Riker. If he, <laughs> if, if he put his sideburns back on,
2: yeah. <laughs> can I come out now? No, you're still in a Cardassian prison camp. Oh. Yeah, because
1: Cardassians totally just keep prisoners for six years. Yep. He's still probably fine.
2: Yeah, well, he's identified the lights correctly. I guess we can probably execute him now. Oh, yeah.
1: That's what that test was for. Yep. Uh, so I mean, is there really before we get into the meat of the Klingon stuff? Mm-hmm. There, there isn't really much to the the Quark Esri thing. Like while we're on that, is there anything else to? to I, like the,
2: I like the I like the the speech he gives her and the. Uh... Well,
1: this is your good thing. That's yeah, my it?
2: good thing. I, I I like that entire scene. Like, uh, basically, she he he overhears her talking to uh, I think it's Kira, and. Ezra's talking about how she wants to go back and do some Klingon war shit and Quark uh, uh, mishears it because that's a thing uh, Ferengi do is they don't hear very well. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's really come, come up, up ever up, in any of these episodes, no. but Ferengi no. have very poor hearing. I guess mm-hmm.
0: that makes sense because their ears are so big. Yeah. Do
1: they even have ears? I've never noticed. Yeah, no. no they, it,
2: not. it, it's a common mistake. They misunderstand the, the things they've he- heard. It
1: was a very threes Company thing because she was talking about Quark. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to get into some action with him again. And then Just Quark, walks in. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Quark walks in at, at that moment, so everything is slightly out of context. Yep.
2: And then he drops his tray and yeah. the whole thing.
1: <laughs> and then uh, Odo walks in wearing a Mr. Roper kerchief, yep. or a Mr. Furley kerchief, rather.
2: I'd actually be pretty okay with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Odo does <laughs> adorably try to come and talk to Quark and be like, hey, Quark, you feeling sad or well, yeah. After the, after
1: that bit, he goes back to the bar and he's a little shaken, yep. and, and, o- and Odo's like, wait, wh- what's wrong? <laughs>
0: You want to be my friends? Let's talk like friends talk.
1: (laughs) I like. I don't think I've heard your Odo before. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah. How's it going, buddy? Hey. You talk to me about Kira. What's going on with you?
1: We we could do the singing Odos. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello.
0: (laughs) Why am I the low one? (laughs) Uh, I think uh, perhaps
1: perhaps you know Russian proverb of Cinderella. No, I just like yeah, it was a very cute scene.
2: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I just like he, bas- he basically just uh, <clears throat> he basically just ends up taking Ezra's side and going, "Look, you're great," and warfs a dick, and but th- that's not what this is about. And
1: no, he, it's about he, it, Quark thinks like he he has a chance, so he's like, "But you can do better." Wink.
2: Yeah, and Ezra's just like that was kind of adorable. Yeah, and through but... the entire scene, you can see Jake in the background laughing his ass off. But which this is, I, I don't also even think, think- is funny. <laughs>
1: I don't even think Jake has a line in that whole scene. Nope. But he's still just got this presence and this great emotional reaction that still makes him a a big part of the scene. It's great.
0: Esri comes in and he like swivels his chair to look at her. Hey.
1: (laughs) I like to think that the drinking age is still 21 and he's not old enough yet. He hangs out in Quarks all the time because he like wants to pick up on a conversation, you know, like writer research. But really he's just in there with like an orange juice, like looking like a loser. Yep.
0: Also, I have in my notes here, does anyone in this station not want to sleep with Ezri? Is there even one person? Whoa. Well, I, I mean, besides Kira, because, you know. Yeah.
1: Because why?
0: No gay people on Star Trek still. <laughs>
1: but without, without like, this is not a slut-shaming thing at all, because Jedzia totally owned it. Mm. But Jedzia got around. Oh, yeah. She was, she was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And... So everyone's like, great. Yeah, she
0: lived nine lives. She didn't give a fuck. Well, yeah. no,
1: and I like that. I've, I've always liked that. And it's not, like, the show didn't slut shame her either, which no. I liked. She was just totally about her sexuality, and it was great. But what I'm, what I'm, my point is, all the people that didn't get a chance with her, they just hit the reset button, and now she's not married anymore, and she's still cute, yep. maybe in a different way. And it's like, ooh, well... We know she is pretty loose with her her sex life, so uh, maybe I got another shot at this.
2: And plus, uh, there's also the added, oh, I could have sex with her, and it'd be like having sex with a new person.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of win-win <laughs> for everybody.
2: A new shorter person,
0: except that she's got like some real nice guy guys following her around. She does. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, absolutely does. <laughs>
1: and and Quark, that's kind of yeah. what I hinted at in my summary. Is like she just kisses him on the cheek, and she loves me. No she's just being
2: sweet well uh, Quark also very much has the I put the time in vibe yeah, yeah he
0: that definitely that does true. and the thing is again I like Quark but uh...
1: but the thing is that works for Quark because of who he comes like the society he comes from yeah I'm less but... thrilled
2: about it when that episode where uh, Julian's
0: like oh, I'll try yeah, it when, too
1: when Julian becomes that guy it's like come on you know better yeah, you're supposed to be an enlightened human lady. yeah
0: well, that's my that, fedora
2: that... let me just tip it for you
1: <laughs> but that's pretty much it oh no a trilby yeah because remember, I, I did the great no trilby at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that fun, fedora a fedora with spots product. on the side or what? I don't know. I think it's a tiny, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care.
0: Maybe it's a symbiote. Maybe, like, these guys aren't really as bad as they appear. They just put it on and then- Oh, the trilby is it. like a
2: parasitical race of jerks? Yeah. yeah uh, maybe.
0: Could.
1: Sure. So we just fixed that. Uh-huh. Yep,
2: done. <laughs> Amanda, I think you and I have a movie to pitch. <laughs>
1: Did you just mansplain men's rights? I sure did. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, but I think I like what I wanted to do was if there's anything to talk about, like like we got Matt's good thing. Any other thing about that plot before we get to the main Klingon? No, I think we can get on. There's the... not much there. It's, no. it's fun. It's cute little, and it actually like they did a good job of the B story tying into the A story because this stuff's coming up for Ezri because she sees Kor who's on his way somewhere else, mm. and I like when they do that. I like when they're kind of related but not. You know, intertwined. Yeah,
0: I also like that, and this uh, we see a little bit more of this in the, in the next episode. I like that Ezri isn't a big warrior. Like, what do you mean, like oh, a da- wa- warrior? Warrior.
1: Okay, I thought you meant warrior. Yeah, no,
2: <laughs> a warrior. She is a very big warrior. Yeah, she <laughs> worries
1: a lot, so. but she doesn't fight much. No, no you're no, right.
0: but like Dax was like a fighter, like um, Jadzia Dax yeah. was a fighter guy, and you kind of got the feeling that Kersan. Oh, it c- what all came too. from Curzon. Yeah.
1: yeah, but that's the thing about Esri, which. I think they're. I think they need to start letting up on it. But I like the conflicting impulses of. I've been around Klingons and fought and dropped, drank blood wine for two lifetimes, and I still want to do that, but I hate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not her thing. And I also kind of like. Um, and you guys have talked about this a little bit that because Ezri is not, a, she's not supposed to be a joint candidate. She was sort of an emergency. Yeah, thing. she's really she not. Is so bad at like. Understanding what's going on because she's had no training, yeah. she doesn't know what's happening.
1: No, I really like all that, and I've I've liked it so far. I just feel like they need to let up now. Like it's
0: I was starting to get tired of it. Well, it's turning episode. into it's turning into her only thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, in the next episode, especially they're like, and it was more to justify they have to fix something. It's an engineering problem they have to fix, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, my pre one of my previous hosts was probably an engineer, so I can do that. And it's like the writers just saying, uh. We wanted to throw an untested character in here, and Sonic we couldn't bring Chief O'Brien, so yeah. she knows how to fix stuff because of hosts. Well, my
2: previous host, Toby, he knew what the... <laughs> <laughs>
1: None of that talk, Toby! <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> okay, so on to the main thing, which is Martok's whole class warfare thing with Thor. With yeah. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And, and Amanda, wasn't this basically your good thing?
0: Yeah, I liked um, that... Because up to this point we've seen Martok as kind of being like the best guy who's we good at everything. We had the one everything. episode
1: cuz we had forgotten about this. Yeah. We remembered him being amazing. Mm-hmm. And the first time we got a full episode about him he was like impotent. And it right. was like, "Oh right, he had to get his groove back." Yeah. But then after that for like the last 3 seasons he's been amazing. Yeah, yeah
0: just everything he does is the best and yeah. he's good at everything. He's He's like
1: he's from. the most likable Klingon. He's
2: the Klingon basically. Yeah.
1: Like yeah, and he he manages dead. to embody all of the 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 best parts about being Klingon without being a dick like Worf. Yeah,
0: yeah. He because he likes to he likes to have fun and he also understands other cultures. Like he's willing yeah. to. Mm. Like, no, we've pointed that out a lot. Of, yeah, this isn't what we do, but I understand that this is what you guys do. He's good at putting himself in other people's like pointy boots. No, yeah. Matt
1: Matt put it really well a couple of weeks ago when we pointed this out. He's like, uh, I don't care what species you are, you're a Klingon. Yeah, yeah. Like I like that. I that that very much feels like him.
0: Mm. But in this one, and I I like this. We see that he's not perfect um he is holding a grudge from like it's got to be like 20 years it's 20, 30 it's, years. it's
2: got to yeah. be longer than that cuz he was like a young yeah this was yeah. when he
1: was first applying to become a uh, a junior officer like going to the academy yeah, yeah. so now he would have been about general.
0: what 10 and there's <laughs> there's a scene where he goes down to like tease this beaten old man like he brings this, like he brings like a group of people down there to just like yeah. point at him and laugh.
2: That's actually my bad thing, really.
0: Well, I get Martok. Martok uh, okay. doing
2: it is fine. I think it's okay. completely in character. What bugs me is the other Klingon crew members just falling into it.
1: Well, I feel like part of that is the the old man humiliated himself in front of everyone, mm. and Klingons will turn on a dime because weakness.
2: Yeah. So they what, sense
1: weakness and they'll pounce. That's
2: what bugs me is he comes on the ship and everyone is so honored to see him because he's like, he's a fucking legend, right?
1: Yeah, there have been songs sung about him and blah,
2: so blah, blah. So many songs. Like, there's a part yeah. where someone says to someone else, just like, uh, I think it's Wharf to Martok, where he's just like, uh, they're, they're not used to serving with a, le- with a legend.
0: Yeah. And Martok's like, I'm cool. They but should it's a, be.
1: It's a great conflict because... Martok has commanded these people's respect in battle, and now this other guy that he hates comes in and just gets their respect immediately. God damn it. But,
2: I mean, it's not like Kor hasn't earned it, though, is the thing. But he hasn't hasn't... earned it with these guys. Right, and
1: and it's it's a nice way to embody the thing that Martok's going through because this guy just walks in and gets respect, Mm. and Martok had to work for that respect. It's a a nice symbol of what they're talking about, where... Korr was born into nobility and automatically gets respect, and Martok had to claw his way to the top. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing in one scene. It's but nice. I,
0: I will say, apparently, it is dishonorable to have um, uh, introspection in Klingon society because uh, Martok goes around treating his lower-class secretary guy like a real jerk.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have his we have his butler at yep. the beginning. Klingon Willikins. Willikins. Yeah. Yes. And... Um, yeah, he's like, ah, oh, paperwork. I want to murder you for paperwork. Which, I don't know, I like that.
2: It's Get me funny. a gach hamburger.
1: Yeah.
0: It's super... <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny, but it doesn't sit well when Martok's whole thing is that if someone is working hard, they should be able to do whatever. Yeah. But then he treats his lower-class guy like garbage No, too. it's a total,
1: like... and I, It feels like it must have been deliberate because <laughs> it was very obviously ironic. But anyway, like, I feel like on a Klingon ship, like, the the younger guys would totally, like, one, they sense weakness and they pounce, and two, they, like, want to suck up to the captain. Yeah. But you still didn't care for that? No, I just
2: rubbed me the wrong way. Fair enough. It's like, it, I feel like if you've earned that respect in Klingon culture, like, that should mean something. Yeah. Like, you don't just flip on a dime and just like, oh, well, this guy sucks now.
1: But, Matt, every time... Something happens. Worf gets his honor taken away. Yeah, the one Klingon time. guy we follow, oh, well, and that's I assume different. happens Worf to sucks knows it. No, no, no. That's just. <laughs> th- I don't. I don't agree with you.
0: I don't think, and I don't think Klingons think he sucks. A no. lot of
2: Klingons think he sucks.
1: Yeah. When 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 the situation is now, we must all say he sucks and turn our back on him. But <laughs> typically, like as a person, I think he's fine. No, my, but my point is like. I feel like Worf is the one guy we follow, so we see it happening to him. I think this happens to all of them all the time. I think there's always that infighting and that houses fighting each other and backbiting and all that crap.
0: And we see that the way to move up in rank on the ship is to kill your commanding officer. Yeah. So yeah. that sort of like, even if, if you fought under a guy for five years and you respected him and fought with him in many glorious battles. Yeah, you but still then, want
1: his job. Yeah, you're
0: willing to stab him the second he shows weakness. I don't think that... Sounds like a culture that where respect lasts a long time. Mm.
1: But on the other hand, they always do talk about honor. Yeah, which to me means
0: who knows? Yeah, but well, well, we've also
2: talked doesn't... about honor for Klingons. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> we say this, but
1: we on, still on have other...
2: knives speci- uh, specifically designed to stab you in the back.
1: Yeah, and yeah. we we are the primary users of cloaking devices, which is. Sneaking up on you and then attacking you when you don't see us. Yeah. honor. Is... So yeah.
2: honor, such as it is.
1: Yeah, but now I I see your point that some of the like some of the junior officers seem to turn on a dime. Yeah, but I I, I don't necessarily agree. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah,
0: I like seeing those cool lady Klingons again, though.
1: Yeah, I think they were the same ones. From mm-hmm. Yeah, the last I think time. so. But um, the
0: makeup was the same anyway.
1: Still, still doesn't answer our question as to where Klingon women stand. Sure does <laughs> culture, not. But...
0: also, this isn't like the shittiest ship. This is like this is a major ship. Yeah, this should there. be like the like he's if he's head of the like
1: No, I feel like Galron probably has some better ships like oh, yeah, that he's true. in charge of, but, but he's a major general out there right on the front. Yeah. So he's pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, but to this point we've only ever seen women in like lower ranking positions on like the the crummier ships like yeah. they come in as like last minute troop replacements, but this is like the big, this is one of the big important ships, so who not? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's
2: it, also, this is probably the same ship he had when he showed up and was sucky. Like, this is probably That's his sucky yeah. crew that he's, like, built up over the last year or two.
1: I like, there's there's an older guy on there who ends up being sort of the one guy after everyone turns against Kor is still his ally. Yeah, that
0: Willikins. Yeah, his secretary.
1: Oh, is that, was that the same guy? Yeah, I didn't a, I didn't yeah, put a, that together. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's the same guy.
1: Oh. I just thought they had an older soldier serving.
0: No, no, he's, he's, um... Like he's, his attaché like, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Not a butler. Never mind.
1: Yeah, he's his uh, footman. Yeah. That's yes. Yes. Yeah. Valet. Valid, right? But uh, no, I like I like that they have like this mixed crew of like like there's an older guy. Like they're not the young, virile male soldiers. Like they got some chicks in there. They got an old dude in there. Like I feel like part of that is because the war's been going on for a while and they might be out of like the young strapping yeah. lads. Like, maybe the women get more of a chance because a lot of the men have died. All all
2: the men are dead.
1: Right.
0: But, it, again, uh, no idea. It no. doesn't really... Yeah. Nothing has really followed there. The, and the
1: thing is, like, we're almost done with this series, which yeah. means we're almost out of, well, 24th century in the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah. Like, yeah. now we're either going to the Delta Quadrant or we're going back in time, so we're not really going to know what it's like anymore. Like... What we get in DS9 is it.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Now
1: we're going to a whole other part of the galaxy or 200 years ago, right. so we're not really going to get any more information.
0: Mm. No, it doesn't, and like I say, it, I wouldn't even mind if we're in, if this is a patriarchal society and that's the deal. Yeah. Like, we've we that we we've Well, the Vulcans are
1: matriarchal. We've yeah. seen that. So, I mean, at least it's, like, not just everyone in the, in the galaxies like that.
0: No, it's just not internally consistent. I don't no. understand what they're going for. No. And every time they try to fix it, it seems like it gets more complicated. Yep. Oh, they take care
2: of the uh, the houses, except when they don't, which is always... Uh, <laughs> I don't
0: know. Who knows? They whatever. work with
1: Rinaldi, except when they work alone. <laughs> I. But uh, getting back to that scene where he is mocking him, this and this gets back to Amanda's good thing, I love Martok like, seeing that he does have this dark yeah. side to him. See, mm-hmm. And he gets... He gets fucking brutal. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, he he lays into him, and then he pretends to defend him just so he can lay into him some more. Yeah. And it's just, it's, oh, it's terrible. I love it.
0: It is, it. it is a difficult scene to watch. Yeah.
1: And I like that. I like that this perfect, like, virtue, you know, virtuous, like, he's paragon our ideal. of the... He's yeah. our
0: ideal Klingon. Yeah. Yeah,
1: when you think of, like, the best Klingon, it's him. Because he's not, like a backstabbing politician like Gowron he's not a just a a a, a killjoy like Worf like he's a great guy
2: yeah no he's everything that's great about Klingons but he's also you know he's not perfect
1: he's a well he's a Klingon yeah and part of that means if someone has wronged you, you don't forget that.
0: Ever, ever, yeah. ever.
1: And I like that. And apparently uh, J.G. Hertzler, who plays him, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Matt pointed out, uh, go to his IMDb page. There are some fantastic pictures
2: of him. There. His his main picture is one of the most badass pictures I've ever seen. He
1: looks like Shunt McGupp. <laughs>
0: yeah. But there's like a wide spectrum. It's not just all him looking. No, no, like look a through tough, the whole gallery cool dude because so cool. well, see, he that's looks like thing. a it's, tough it's,
1: cowboy with a cigar, and yeah. then he's like, he looks like a conductor, and yeah. then he's wearing a dress. Yep. <laughs> it's great. Um, J G. He G Hertzler,
2: you... hire him for your next party.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would. Yep. I don't even have parties, but I would if I could get J G Hertzler.
0: Mm-hmm. We can't afford that.
2: No, we. And can't. And what is us. the point of this party? Oh, nothing. It's just the J G Hertzler party could come party.
1: <laughs> I mean, we could we could afford George Lowe. <laughs> anyway, um, no. What I like is uh, in the script. At the end, they all sing because, of course, they do because it's a Klingon mm. episode. And um, uh, uh, JG Hertzler argued passionately and finally won over the producers. Like my guy would not sing here. Yeah. Like he's forgiven him somewhat. He he died a noble death, and we're we're happy. About, I'm happy about that, but.
0: And he's letting everyone else sing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm letting yeah, my bridge, but like, I, erupt in a chorus of, yay, chorus great. Yeah,
0: but I've hated this guy
2: for 30 years. I'm not going to stop now.
1: Yeah, this doesn't drop after one noble act. Yeah. So he doesn't sing. And in the script it said he did sing, and he's like, and, and I love that Hertzler knows the character so well. He's like, no, absolutely yeah. not. I cannot sing.
0: And that he cares enough, too. It's not just that he knows the character, but he's willing to fight for the character. Yeah. Some people come on to, like, genre shows like this, and they sort of phone it in. Yeah. yeah.
1: Although I'm trying to... I'm going through the list of guys in the extended cast here, and there aren't many examples on this show. Like no. no.
0: But in Next even Gen... Even like Rom, a...
1: I don't care about. He's still like... Yeah. I mean, he's character.
2: doing that character.
1: He sure is.
2: Yep.
0: It, yeah, but in Next Gen, there was a lot of phoning it in from the guest stars. Mm. And, That's true. Yeah.
1: But this show has so many recurring guest stars yeah. that they get more of a chance to think about who their guy is because they get to come back and do it again again. Well, and I would
2: again. like to believe that, you know, you get a character as good as Martok at this point, you know, like like you want you want to you want to make that character as good as you can.
1: Yeah. No, and it's a great because to this point Star Trek and I don't I don't know if Voyager did this or not. Like I'm not aware enough of like I don't remember enough of the show to know if they had a big extended cast. Mm. But this this show was the first chronologically the first time you had a Star Trek show that wasn't just about a core seven or eight people. It mm. was about like there's probably twenty twenty five people that we come back to in this show.
0: Yeah, and a lot of our favorite characters are those guys. Who mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, back. I mean even like Garrick, who's yeah. like secondary. Like Garrick and Martok and guys like that get an episode a season yeah. at least, but they're still secondary. Yeah,
0: yeah, you get Garrick and Martok and Wayun and even
1: like, like Rom. Yep.
2: Lita. Yep.
1: Uh, uh, Damar, even Gul Dukat. Actually, yep. yeah. Khan Min.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Boomhauer.
0: But yeah, a lot of the these are are, are are very compelling characters that we look they forward are. to seeing. Yeah,
1: I mean last week we had two Wayoons.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Which was great.
0: Yeah, you missed it really that.
1: was. I've been waiting and cramming my Star Trek episodes just an hour before the show, so you've missed them.
0: I do like Wayoon.
1: He's pretty great. Well you oh,
0: like guy. him even
2: more when he's bickering with himself.
1: Yep. I will. Um my good thing. Yes was i I get and i've said this before space battles kind of bore me like pew pew Mm -hmm. i get it and then somebody wins Mm -hmm. whatever but the space battles in here were actually really good like klingon ships we've seen this as far back as like star trek 4 can go into the atmosphere they can they can land and so it's cool seeing them go from space doing space dogfight stuff swooping down into the atmosphere doing some like strafing like jet stuff and then going back up into space like it's it's a cool move, and it's pulled off really well. Some really good visual effects, I would say. Oh, yeah. Also,
0: it makes you realize how much the um, Starfleet ships are freaking tubs. Yeah, like, basically. Sort of <laughs> they have fighters,
2: but we don't see them bus. very often.
1: No, we saw the fighters in some yeah. of the battle scenes, and I think they can do that. Can the Defiant go
0: into an atmosphere? I'm sure it can, know.
2: Yeah.
1: I but, know Voyager can because it can actually land.
2: Yeah,
0: but even the Defiant is—it just looks like a, a big big craft. It doesn't look cool. No,
1: no, it it is maneuverable though. Yeah, but like, you can do it some cool, cool flippy stuff. It, but no, it doesn't look as cool as the Birds of Prey, definitely.
0: No, <laughs> all the all the Federation sh- or all the uh, the Starfleet ships are just like, yeah, they're like school buses trying to go into a fire. No, no, fire they're fire trucks. trucks. Yeah, yeah.
1: But the the point is like the Enterprise. Was not supposed to go like it's it can't land.
0: Anytime you saw the Enterprise fight, it was just sort of like toodling yep. along. Yep. Pew! Pew
1: No, it wasn't a maneuverable ship. No. The whole thing is like it's 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 think of it more like a battleship. Yeah. Like battleships don't fly around and do crazy stuff, they just stand still and shoot guns. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that's not cool.
1: No, it's not cool, but that's that's how space travel's really gonna be. If we fight stuff out there, we're not gonna be like looping around, we're gonna be staying still and shooting. Right?
0: No, I want yeah, to loop a nice around. It's a nice change of pace to see some cool ships. Well, I like,
1: like I say, I love, and again, the effects were particularly good mm-hmm. because I don't think we've ever followed the perspective of something moving very quickly, going from space to a planet back to space again. And like dipping through the clouds, yeah. seeing the sky, and then going right back up through the clouds back into space. Like, it's just, it's a nice. Effect and it's not like anything we've seen before, yeah. and I think it's very cool.
0: There's I, also some good shots of like the belly of the station with all of the Klingon fleet. Oh, that was really sort of cool. Yeah. Around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, there was there was some very cool stuff in this. I like
2: the uh, the warbirds heading off to a uh, war birds <laughs> birds
0: bird, bird of war. Yes. Let loose the birds of war. Yes. Ah. <laughs> oh.
1: Once more ah. into the bird breach.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go to the bird breach. I bet it's covered in <laughs> shit. <laughs>
0: what oh the birds of war
1: (laughs) so amanda what was your bad thing
0: birds um i hate when stuff is telegraphed like it is in this episode we anytime someone coughs and then it turns out that they're really sick and the whole ship gets sick with it we have um we have him core we have core uh forgetting something that should be just innocuous, like he wasn't paying attention or he didn't remember. Yeah, because Worf says, yeah. I got
1: you a posting on this ship. And then at the end of the conversation, he's like, uh, what was that ship, was that ship that again? again?
0: And then at that point, you know, oh, okay, of course, his brain's going, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then <laughs> when he's um, actually on the ship, he has sort of like an episode where he doesn't remember where he is, mm-hmm. but he doesn't remember that you're supposed to go... To the bridge when it's red alert. Yeah. And it, what, it where are we going? What's happening? Somewhere I'm matter. supposed to
2: be right now.
1: He thinks he's, he's been doing the, this for 100 years.
0: He thinks he's in the past, and in the past, it red would alert have been the still same. means go to the bridge. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like he's been fighting since Kirk's era, and probably before. Yep. Like honestly, 70, 80 years at least, but possibly up to 100 years, he's been doing this. Mm. He should know where you go when that noise happens. They're still using the same damn ships.
2: Yep. It's not like oh the red alert uh, siren's going off. I guess I'd better go get lunch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, time for gym class. <laughs> That's also the bell between high school classes on Kronos. It, well, yeah. But no, and, and tying into that, like his his forgetfulness meaning that he's he's senile. Uh I honestly all of this was telegraphed. Like uh. I knew where it was going 5 minutes in and I knew like mm-hmm. Like oh, oh it's going to be the about because what oh god the teaser was was Bashir and O'Brien talking about uh Davy Crockett mm. I think it was is yeah. Davy Crockett or Daniel Boone no it was Davy Crockett. Up. Davy Crockett Davy Crockett. Like, being at the final battle, I think it's at the Alamo, and he's like, yeah, and, and he was old, and he had to prove that he was relevant. And then the whole episode was about an old guy trying to prove that he was Well,
2: relevant. and look, let's, even after that, we got Worf poking his head to go, it doesn't matter if it was true or not. What yeah, matters the legend is the legend. Is
0: yeah. And that's a cool line, but it's not cool enough to justify, like, saying, like, giving a mission statement for your episode. Yeah. This is our thesis statement. This is
1: our topic sentence. Yeah. yeah. First I will tell you what I'm going to say. Then I'm going to say it. Then I will tell you what I have said.
0: Yep. <laughs> and they did that too. They yep. did do
1: that. In a song. <laughs> but I, I just like once they said that uh there's a mission where we can hold off the fleet long enough for us to rally and, and get reinforcements and blah blah blah. Like but it's a it's a suicide mission and Worf's gonna go alone and as soon as they said that, no, it's gonna be core. No. Nope. And then it took them ten minutes to get to Core, uh, Hypo's Worf unconscious, and takes his play, Ugh,
2: Bonks again. him on the Walks head, bums him with... over the head. Yep, yeah.
0: And then steals his uniform. <laughs>
1: Which is weird because Worf's the only one in a different uniform. Yep, he probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> Why would probably he you should do, just do keep that? Keep his Klingon uniform. Also. I just
2: hate this uniform.
1: <laughs> Even though he's been talking about killing Starfleet guys the whole time. Yep. Maybe don't put on a Starfleet uniform. I'm
2: going to murder Kirk
0: talking about the uniforms though i love that all of the old klingons wear that sort of fur outfit and mm. we've seen that on the um on the homeworld too yeah uh where that's because that's what they wore back in yeah it's like the costuming yeah. guys
1: say okay if they're past a certain age they would have dressed like they did yeah. in the original series or the movies
0: so they're not wearing like the silver pointy stuff they're wearing these like fur robes from which is also like yeah. a
1: nice echo of them supposed to be the russian
2: the soviet yeah. stuff yeah
1: yeah, which is also cool. Like I'm thinking of the uh, of of the guard at Rurapente. Mm-hmm. This is the Gulag Rurapente. Like he was wearing fur, as I mm. recall. That guy. and he sounded very Russian, and he called it a Gulag.
2: This is Gulag.
1: Also, he was hanging out with Chekhov.
2: <laughs> Perhaps you've heard story of uh, Klingon Gulag.
1: <laughs> Goulash?
2: <laughs> delicious Gulag. <laughs> uh
1: let's see. I think that's everything thing good things and bad things do you uh, folks d- d- have any d- more points
0: no nope nor do i
1: okay so we're done yep that's yep. It. that's, that's uh, i'm
0: feeling a brain cough yeah on. Bra- sure. guests of the post-atomic
2: <laughs> horror stay at the fabulous al's basement well, and
1: yeah two of the yeah. three of us slept here so <laughs> and you're you're only about a hundred miles that
2: way yep so. and uh yeah so that's it and uh see you folks
1: <laughs> yeah so don't forget to visit our website. Uh, oh, oh, of course. No, wait. I have a quote. Oh, yeah, right. Which, from that scene that, uh, that Matt was talking about when Esri and Kira are talking, uh, Esri says, uh, hey, you're pretty good helping me with my feelings. You, you should try being a counselor. And Kira responds thusly.
0: You'd make a pretty good counselor. You want to try jobs? Oh, yeah. People would love bringing their problems to me. You dreamt about what? You're crazy. Now get out of my office. Next patient. <laughs> You couldn't Sorry, be worse yeah, than Troy.
1: Us, like... That's true. <laughs> that is very true.
0: I want to see like a web comic, just like a weekly Counselor web Kira. comic about Counselor Kira, possibly
2: by yeah. the guy who does the uh, Chief O'Brien uh, comics.
1: Yeah. No, no. What I would like is like Job Swap Day on bs Nine.
2: Oh God, yes.
1: <laughs> like uh, Counselor Kira and like uh, Chief Worf, trying to fix everything by smashing it with his bat left. Yep. yep. And like Cisco tending. No, Cisco would be good at tending bar.
2: Yeah, like, uh, I can't think what of many Cisco things Cisco, be Cisco at? wouldn't be. I was going to say because
1: his dad runs a restaurant, yeah. So he pr- he probably still has that charm and that. Oh like, yeah, he'd probably be fine at that.
0: How's it going? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of all the jobs, and Cisco could do any of those jobs.
1: Yeah, uh, Cisco is a doctor. He'd
0: still he probably be good he,
1: at it. He could he could do general first aid, but yeah. he's not. He he doesn't have surgical training.
2: Yeah, no, good bedside manner though.
1: Yeah, good bedside manner.
0: That's hey,
2: buddy, is, you're going to be all right.
0: <laughs> he could pick up the skills. I don't think
1: you can. Those are skills you have to go to school for for a while.
0: Yeah, but if he learned them in school, he'd be fine at it. Ah,
1: I mean, Julian is, like, super advanced, intelligent, and he still had to go to medical school for, like, six years.
0: Did he? Or did he just go to, like, try and fit in? Yeah, that's probably Uh, it. Ah, yes, I am learning medical. Oops,
1: I got that pre-ganglionic nerve wrong. How embarrassing. I'm normal and not (laughs) super advanced.
2: Second in my class.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we've been stalling long enough. No, we haven't. Yeah, I'm afraid so. We must talk about the siege of AR-558. R R
0: 558. Five, all right. Hark, and I will tell you a story of overreaching certainty. When asked what episode I wanted this season, I foolishly said, it's season 7 of DS9 in the middle of the war. They're all good. Just pick one that fits in nicely to the guest schedule. Oh, fateful error. <laughs> because I was assigned the siege of AR-558. <laughs> To kick things off with a whimper, we spend the teaser with Hero to All Children, Rom, singing show tunes, oh. yep. and trying to be able to open for Vic Fontaine's show. Surprising no one, he fails to get the gig. Even in a fantasy world where anything you want can happen, Rom is still a big giant failure. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cisco and most of the rest of the crew are going to drop off some supplies at Planet Hell where a group of Starfleet officers are fending off the Jem'Hadar and trying to figure out a Dominion communication relay. Knowing that things could get ugly, brilliant tactician Sisko, not to be confused with pirate sheriff Worf, bring along a doctor, a counselor, and a green ensign, and leave all his battle-hardened crew upstairs on the Defiant. Oh, and um, he also brings Quark? Yeah, I-I don't know, maybe it's some kind of a team-building exercise, trying to be good boss. <laughs> It turns out that things aren't going well for the half-starved, heart of darkness, war-is-hell officers on the planet. Half of everyone is dead and the reinforcements, hey guys, aren't coming anytime soon. Oh, and there are invisible minds floating around and killing guys. All of this has caused everyone on the planet to talk like this and see how much they want to stay frosty and how much they miss their old partner who used to stay frosty with them till the gem Hadar murdered them. Sisko is about to abandon all these boring, poorly acted losers when Worf calls him to say that there's a bunch more Jem'Hadar are on their way down. Sisko braves it up and says he'll stay to help fight, and the Defiant should come pick them up after dinner. Sisko sends Nog out on a scouting mission because ears and his leg is blown off. Hopefully, his ears can compensate for the lack of walking. Ears. Ears. <laughs> Esri figures out the mines with her new best friend, the Engineer, whose name I don't remember and I'm not going to look up. Sisko is a badass and sends the mines back on the Jem'Hadar. Phasers, 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 fighting, 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 whatever, whatever. Esri's new best friend dies, probably some other guys we don't care about and we'll never hear of again also die. The Jem'Hadar are beaten back, and the Federation forces are decimated. Uh, But it's fine. New guys come like the next day and everyone gets to go home. And all the Tribble is over. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Okay, so this is a war episode, which, <laughs> which we are often in favor of. Logically. We like, we, we, like I seriously thought this was going to be a good one. Me huh? too. Like, it's a war episode, and we, we knew Nog losing his leg was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And- uh, tiny, tiny spoilers, they can't grow him a new leg. They say that in this episode. Yeah,
0: they do, because, um, the Dominion use these nasty weapons that make it so you can't...
1: Like, you get extra infected, and you can't, like, clone a leg or whatever. Yeah. You
0: can't fuse on there. Which I like. They fill your leg with spikes.
1: Yeah. They they use cop-killer bullets, basically. Which I like. That feels like them.
2: Mm. I
0: picture, like, little evil spiders that live there now. Yep. Probably. Leg. Leg yeah, Probably.
2: Nog's leg stump is full of spiders. Yeah. Probably, yeah. There's an image. Um, Not going to be allowed in quarks anymore because he's a health risk.
1: <laughs> no, come on. Ferengi eats spiders.
2: <laughs> oh, so he's just plucking spiders out of his leg wound and eating them?
1: Yeah, they're yep. always eating bugs because bugs and slug juice. And yeah, ears. Gross. Snail juice. Ugh. With extra shells. Uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. Yeah, that,
0: Let uh... us all have an ear job. Anyway.
1: <laughs> no time for Umox, Dr. Jones. Oh man. <laughs> Um no, but what I'm saying is like we all remember him losing his leg and we thought, Oh, that probably was a good episode. Like where nope. something bad happens to a character we like and it's kind of like, you know, dealing with the horrors of war because I okay, at it, at at the core, I do like the general idea of like Nog has been so excited about joining Starfleet and he joined at really the wrong time because they were just going to war. Yep. But but they really did a number on him at the, at the Academy and programmed him and like, no, no, I have to be a good soldier and serve my people and blah, blah, blah. And, and
0: the- he's got a lot to prove because everyone thinks that, like, everyone's racist against the Ferengi. Mm-hmm. I th-
1: honestly, like, in the last, like, since he made Ensign, he hasn't gotten any of that because he's totally been yeah, well, every- useful. Uh,
2: everyone on the everyone on the crew knows that he earned it at this point, right. you know? Although but, I wouldn't but at surprise- the Academy,
1: I feel like he probably went through a lot of crap. Yeah, You're
2: but right? I, I imagine, like, this is something that has to, like, every new post he ends up on, this is probably something he has to go through. Right. It's just like, oh, this guy.
1: Yep. But on the Defiant, like, they totally... It's not just, oh, we remember this kid from when he used to get in trouble with with the captain's son. It's more like, oh, hey, this guy's out of the academy and he's real sharp and he really wants to prove himself and he's doing a good job. But I like the general idea of showing him that it's not all rah-rah patriotism, that there's a dark side to serving your country and that is you might get very hurt or killed. Yeah.
0: And he asks Sisko... Listen, I lost my leg, but it was worth it, right? Because this relay is really important. And Cisco's like, uh...
2: sure, yeah,
0: buddy. Cisco, no. in
2: cases like that, yes, it was definitely worth it. I don't yeah. care no, if that's the true is, or not.
1: He tells Nog that it is, yeah. but we can see in Avery Brooks because he's a good actor. Yeah, like no, it's not, and it's totally not. The writers even said. They wanted they, they chose I don't remember specific I think it was Guadalcanal one of the, one of the big battles of World War II, where you had to fight for a tiny patch of land, and it was strategically important, but it's really hard to see, yeah, why it's important when you're in it. Yeah. why don't
0: we just leave?
1: Yeah, And it's like in the big picture, when you're looking at the strategy map, it's like, no, 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 this square is super important, but when you're in it, it's like, what the who cares? Who cares? Just this just is a shithole. Yeah.
0: They say if they can crack this communication relay, they'll be able to know what the Dominion are up to and Yeah, stuff. like intercept all their yeah. communication. But they've been trying to do that for like five months. How many months? Five months. Five months we've been here. Five, five, five.
2: Five months on this rock.
1: Okay, so let's really get into what we didn't like then. Starting with you, Amanda.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the the characters are such broad action clichés and they all say terrible action cliché lines <laughs> okay so take take us through who we got oh we got like every char- every character is like this actually we've got about 3 guys like this and i've got a knife that i stole off a of gem hadar and i've been here too long and i, I don't know how They I- told
2: me i was supposed to leave after after 90 days i've been here for too many days
0: <laughs> and then we've got like the one softer supposed to be likable guy who's like clearly cannon fodder
1: yep the thing is i actually found him somewhat likable yeah like i didn't like any of these guys let's be clear but I found him like he played everything that was in the script. The the problem was in the writing.
0: Well, like, this is
1: uh Billy Moomy. He yeah, played. Yeah. He was the kid who wished people into the cornfield in uh, in Twilight Zone, and he was on Babylon Five. Apparently, like he's been in a bunch of stuff, and he actually plays sort of a likable, sort of soft spoken engineering type pretty well. well it's no, just, it's because he's
2: the only person on the planet who's not a jerk,
1: right? But I don't know. Just something in his eyes. He did look like a nice guy. It's just like it's it. Uh, Everything he had to do was terrible. The actor did his best, but mm-hmm. it was not his fault. In fact, one of the tough guys was uh, Tuco from Breaking Bad, yeah. he was
2: awesome. Yeah, he
1: was fantastic on that show. Oh yeah, one and, of the best
2: characters. But yeah, God, he's garbage on this. That's
1: the and and so we know at least two of these guys are good actors. So it's not their fault. It's the script. Mm-hmm.
0: And he plays Tuco again in Better Call Saul, really different because yeah. it's, it's the tone of in that show is very very different. So he plays the same character. In a really different way So I mean The guy's a good actor mm-hmm. this Yeah he is totally just, is He's just shitty in this Well yeah. it's and entirely
2: possible He wasn't good yet
1: That's true um, too This is 10 years 10, 12, 15 yeah. years Before Breaking Bad So it's also that Possibly that But, but my, my point is We know at least Two of these guys Are decent actors yeah. It's not their fault It's the script
0: The script Oh god Julian actually says I joined the Federation To save lives And not take them But mm-hmm. I'm gonna use This phaser gun The
2: irony of war Am I right? I'm right.
1: <laughs> is this thing on? Hello? And, and tying into all that is my bad thing. The music, like, and, and they even made special mention of this in Memory Alpha. They got special score for this episode yeah. that is deliberately melodramatic and hits the notes super hard, and it's like, why? Mm-hmm. Why would you make something, like... If you're gonna have everyone acting over the top, don't also make the music over the top, you gotta go the opposite way. Yeah. Dun
0: dun 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 dun. Yeah, it was very to to mention Downton Abbey twice
1: in (laughs) one show, really. It reminded me of that. When the music on that show goes sad, you know something sad is happening. Mm -hmm. That's how you can tell.
0: It swelled so loud sometimes it was hard to hear what the people were saying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, between that and then all the explosions and stuff, like yeah, the the sound mix wasn't great. What? Um, I can't hear you over
2: the patriotism. I said war is hell. Okay.
1: Matt, what was your bad
2: thing? Uh, The whole, just the whole fucking thing didn't feel like it had any stakes. Nope. Like, as soon as the the guys all show up, it's like, okay, we're going to have a a bleak episode about how war is hell and everything. So what we're going to do is introduce a bunch of characters so that we can have them killed off. Yep. Like, the whole thing feels like it's supposed to be this big tragic war story, but it can't be because all our guys get to go home. In fact, a bunch of the guys that aren't our guys get to go home.
0: Yeah, they they make a big point about, oh, well, you know, we'd love to send new guys here, but we totally can't because there aren't enough guys left. And,
2: and
1: the new guys come. Yeah, out.
2: and then like, they ship indeed. in the new guys like 10 minutes later.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Like <laughs> 48 hours later. Yeah. Like, by our, but in real time. Yeah. This episode took a week.
2: Oh, God. You want to it talk about episodes those... where it, with 20 minutes left? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah.
1: And then we check and there's 27 minutes left yep. somehow.
0: How did that happen?
2: <laughs> yeah watching this in a in a time anomaly. And then the Enterprise explodes. Oh god, Brennan Bragg is <laughs> no. writing my life now.
0: <laughs> no, I don't want to be in a time loop episode. I hate, I hate
2: time loops. I actually my the 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 vibe I got off of this episode was it felt very much like the last episode of Blackadder.
0: Yeah. I can see that. Where they're
2: all pin, they're all sort of pinned in and it's one last push and everyone gets wiped out for something stupid.
1: Except Blackadder spent that entire series with us getting to know those characters mm. and arguably spent the entire, like, existence of the show. Like, they played different guys, but they're still basically the same guys. Yeah. Like, you really knew who they were. You had something really invested in it. It was extra tragic. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I and just, it I really
1: get... contrasted with the comedy, whereas here there's none of that.
2: Yeah. Nope. My feeling for this episode was just like, okay, this might have been a little bit better if everyone, if, like, everyone died at the end. Yeah. Which yeah. kind of, not great for, you know, the series that these people star in, but, uh...
1: Well, no, we talked about this. And improve like, the episode. We did our thing where we're like, how would we have fixed this? Mm. Like, yeah. You know, because we could fix it now. We have hindsight.
2: Well, we fixed Voyager, so. Yeah.
1: Uh, obviously, it's remained fixed. <laughs> no, we occasionally, this is a nice uh, exercise because we, we, you know, we're not like published writers, but we think like writers sometimes, yeah. and we
2: think, how would we do this better? Like.
0: Take it, crumple it up into a heap, and no, no, no. throw it in the garden. No, no, it's good. Story. I
2: just got a new waste paper basket we can throw it into. Oh, good. From IKEA.
1: Matt, please stop buzz marketing your new trash can. No!
0: <laughs> it's all you talk about anymore. This is Daredevil all over again. Incidentally, yeah.
2: there'll be pictures of my new trash can uh, up, on the sh- up with the show notes this week. On fuck yeah,
1: Matt's Ikea trash can
0: <laughs> It's a you're the man now dog style website.
1: <laughs> that will turn any image you put into, it'll just crumple it up and put it in Matt's trash can yeah. for you. Somebody write that, please. No, please don't do that. If you're going to do stuff for us, do something cooler <laughs> than that. Um, but no, they. Um, what was I saying? I, I have
2: no fucking idea.
0: Mind. Fixing it. Oh fixing yeah, it.
1: fixing it. Thank you. Um, we were talking about if you did an episode like Lower Decks from Next Gen, mm-hmm. where that is the one episode I can think of where we got to know guys for the first. Like Nurse Agawa was the one person we knew and got to know better. Yes, yeah, so everyone it's else, nog
0: down. Yeah, downstairs. Nog, you yeah. could
1: totally still do the nog loses his leg thing. Yeah. yeah, nog's the only one who lives, and he barely makes it out. Yeah. yeah, everyone else dies. But we spend forty minutes getting to know these guys and having them well written and done really well. And then five minutes of tragedy. Yeah. And Cisco and Bashir and and Esri could be like, Cameo, like they're still in it because it's still their show. But like in Lower Decks, where Worf and Riker show up for a minute. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're up on the Defiant, and they have to send some guys down with the supplies. And if they think, and it's then they have to, to be, go away. Yeah, if they think it's like a regular supply run, they don't worry too much. They send those guys down, and mm-hmm. then the Jem'Hadar show up, and they have to like they have to leave.
1: Right, but that's the way you do it. Is there? They have done Star Trek has done at least one good episode, and probably, that's the only one I can think of. There may have been others. There's probably where others. They've gotten us invested in, like really invested in a small group of brand new characters mm. and then done something tragic. In that one, they killed Cetojaxa, Jaxa, and in this one, they could just kill them all. Yeah. And it would be nice to like do something like that, and just but it has to be from... The... You have to have enough time to get to know them. Yeah. And there wasn't that here.
0: We Plus... had a bit of that when Nog went over to the Red Squad um, ship earlier.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I didn't care for that. No, but...
0: but that's the same sort of thing. Yeah. No, I just like...
2: And the idea of pulling nog out after like having his this entire thing get wiped out except for nog who loses a leg like get some good survivor guilt out of that too yeah Yeah.
1: absolutely and we will deal with in in an upcoming episode with his like ptsd and the fact that he doesn't know how to deal with not having a leg Mm -hmm. but but that's later and as we recall that's not a great episode but maybe we're maybe we're remembering wrong
0: oh we're so wrong about so many things yeah yeah
1: I've, i've given up saying this is my opinion of something that's coming up, and I'm just trying to react in the moment. Yeah, no, now
2: yeah. you just write songs about it. Yeah.
1: Not do it. I've played it like five episodes in a row. I'm going to give that a rest this time.
2: Keeping an open mind. Keeping an open mind. About this episode of DS9. <laughs> no, I've,
1: no, see, I've watched it twice. Yeah. I don't need to keep an open mind anymore. Now I've formed an opinion. Forming an opinion. opinion is, sucks.
0: I just laid down on the ground and kicked my feet yeah, the whole you, time.
1: You, you really tried hard to avoid the second viewing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I already watched it once, haven't I? Suffered enough. I've Got a
2: mm-hmm. parrot in the oven. I should really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: Okay, but there were some. We all managed to find legitimate good things, yes. and they weren't like no, they weren't like our our usual reaches in a bad episode. No, no, they were are... all three Th- very good things. This
0: episode wasn't like the worst episode no. we've ever seen. It just no, because Ma-
1: to... I I said to Matt, "Could be worse," and he said, "Yeah, it could have been profit and lace." Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> could have been that season three episode, the name of which we do not speak. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't.
0: No, you didn't put a bucket on your head and, like... No, no
1: I've, I haven't pulled out the bucket this year, and really, I should have used it for profit and lace, and I, I think I couldn't find the bucket was the problem. <laughs> Lost my bucket. Aww. But no, we did find all three find some good things. Yeah. And uh, Amanda, what was yours?
0: I really... Like, I mean, I joked about it not making a whole lot of sense that Quark goes down onto the planet. They, which...
1: they pay some lip service to why he's there, but yeah.
0: But, like, it doesn't make... Like, it makes sense why he's on the Defiant, but it does not make sense why he goes down to the planet. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I thought he was great in this. I think he, um, first off, his speech was—it was almost my quote, but I just I couldn't. Oh, it was—it was a tough choice. Yeah,
1: and this is a speech that uh, he gives about humanity, and it's Armin Shimmerman's, like one of his favorite Quark moments. Yeah.
0: Right, and he talks about how, yeah, humans seem great, but you take away their comforts for like forty-eight hours, and all of a sudden they're vicious beast monsters. Yeah, and I, I love the outsider's view. That he brings to us.
1: The thing is, I've heard that perspective about modern, like civilized yeah. people. Now, mm-hmm. like we're all about a week away from savagery. Yeah. Like take away our soft beds and our 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 fatty foods, and we'll we're fucking
0: done. shoot you. Yeah. But Quark, um, Quark has uh, done this for us before, where he talks about the Federation yeah. being cloying, like root beer, and he really, you can tell he likes being around Federation guys, but he doesn't entirely trust them, and he shouldn't. Because they will just devolve into savagery almost immediately. And that's one of the things I love about DS9 is that we take the saints out of heaven and see how they do. And the answer is not so great, usually. Well, no, not. there's
2: that great uh, Cisco line where, like, I think it was like season two or something, where he's talking about uh, uh, the higher-ups back at Starfleet Command who don't know what it's like out on the front because they've lived on Earth all their lives.
1: Right. No, there's there's a lot of that throughout this whole show mm-hmm. where they— and. The thing is, I've heard the argument of uh, Star Trek purists, people who are right. into to buy into the whole genes thing. You know, and we've we've made ourselves very clear that we're not into genes, perfect future angle of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's fine to show that we get better in the future. That's good. But that's not ever what the show's been about. Let's not let's no. not pretend that it was. But the point is, like, Star Trek, like, purists have said this show just kind of craps on Gene's vision. And it doesn't. What it does is it says, no, humans are. Noble, mm-hmm. And Earth is a paradise, but that... not everyone we're following in this show is human, and we're also going to maybe put that at jeopardy a little bit. But they never change the situation. Yeah. They just explore what it means, and I like that. I like that they, while keeping it intact, because the humans are still the, the noblest best ones, they still have some moments where it's like, mm, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. You put them under stress for long enough, and that's going to start to go away.
1: Or, or like Cisco, like in uh, Pale Moonlight. You put him in a situation where doing a horrible, immoral thing will make it better in the long run. It's like, well, I guess this is probably the right thing to do, but oh, God. Yeah.
0: Well, Cisco in this one, he uses the, um, the, the Houdini mines, they call them. Yeah.
1: Which is actually my good thing. Not the, not the mines themselves. That's actually Matt's good thing. Yeah. Which, go ahead.
0: I
2: love the idea of the Houdini mines. They're such a horrible, horrible idea.
1: So what are they? We didn't actually talk Uh, about.
2: What they basically are is they're not cloaked. They're, they're mo- phased. They're mo- yeah, exactly. They literally are. They're phased into... No, they are.
1: Phased-, phased means, as I recall, it means cloaked, but you can also walk through it. It's not just invisible. It's also like matter can pass yeah, through.
2: Yeah, so basically their entire base is full of these mines that just randomly phase in and out of reality. Which
0: is super scary. So you yeah, can and just it's be way walking- worse
1: than burying it on the ground. Yeah,
2: you can be walking to the crapper for like the 18th time, and suddenly this fucking mine goes off and blows you up.
1: Yeah, it's it's like... Burying it in the air. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah, and they're everywhere. They don't know how to how to disarm them. They're yeah. horrible and also really cool, and they look like the torture droid from Star Wars.
1: Yeah, the one that's uh, uh, interrogating Princess Leia yeah. on the Death Star. Um, but yeah, and, and it goes back to what we were saying about the the Jem'Hadar using the, the, the really awful ammunition that, that fucks up your blood or yeah. whatever, so you can't, like...
0: Spider bullets.
2: <laughs> got like those, they, they, there was another episode where they had the lasers that, like where your blood wouldn't coagulate.
1: Yeah, yep. you can not the, the wound won't close. Yeah. You just bleed to death. Yeah. And they use they use ruthless stuff like that. And I like that. I like like okay, guys like the Klingons, we talked about maybe they're not actually that honorable, but they still kind of are. They mm. want to look you in the eye and shoot you ideally. Yeah. But the Jem'Hadar will use like really sneaky horrible tactics if they can get away with it. Mm. And these minds are part of that. Yeah.
0: And part of that is the Vorta. You've got to know Oh yeah, the Vorta like... probably designed those things. Oh, I'm sure. The Vorta yeah. are like they are Ruthless.
1: Yeah, they will. They will. You know. Well, I mean, we've will seen stab you in the back while patting your back. Yeah. yeah. But uh, my my good thing was uh, it's, it feeds into those things. Cisco using them, like Amanda said. But also overall, when we get to see Cisco the strategist, mm-hmm. which during these war episodes we sometimes do, but really we get a lot of like, here's how. Okay, and and you see him completely reassessing. Like, okay, here's the new situation. Here's now how we're gonna deal with it. And he comes up with a plan, and you can just see. This guy, like, like yeah, war's terrible, and I wish he wasn't going through all this. But he's really good at this.
0: Well, Pic- that's why yeah. they took him back off the front lines, so he could, for a while there, so he could help with the strategy. Because he, had, yeah, he was back at, real... the, at the at
1: at the starbase, back yeah. at headquarters, yeah. helping move pieces around on the map because he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. But
0: he's also willing to get his hands dirty, like very dirty. Cisco yes. is a kind of a war criminal.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Uh, Kirk would trick his way off this planet. Picard would talk his way off this planet. Mm-hmm. Cisco will fight his way off this yeah. planet like that is there he's so different. He mm-hmm. would, he's like no, we hold this ground and we kill enemies.
0: Yeah. And that's not his preference. Like what he'd rather no, no. be do is back up on the station helping Bejor uh rebuild cooking yeah. dinner for Bejor. Yeah. yeah. Cooking dinner for Bejor. Yeah.
2: Yes. But, you know, it turns out he's really good at this kind of thing.
1: Which I like and it feeds into his builder thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a good planner. Mm-hmm. Like that's his that's his primary strong suit is he's very good at planning and then implementing a plan.
0: And defending like aggressively defending, right?
1: But I was talking about how it's similar to the builder yeah. thing. Just like he draws up a plan, and then the plan works. Yeah, and it's it's very consistent with his character. It's not like here's a new thing they invented. Like I like that, and I like Cisco yeah. the strategist. Yeah,
2: and it feels like it, it's one of those things that we've watched evolve since the war started. You know.
1: Yeah, and uh, I feel like we did because the 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 thrust thrust of the uh, <laughs> of the pilot was way more about his like dealing with the loss of his wife. We didn't get to see that in the Borg battle, but I feel mm-hmm. like before the point where he, we joined him, he probably had some of that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably better at it now, but I feel like he's always had the instinct.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like I think a lot fight. of that was turned towards, like, his uh, his shipbuilding instead. Right. Right. But he's Again. been thrown into, like, you know, he ended up in the deep end of this fucking war, Yeah. and he sort of adapted his, like, his building to planning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's the same. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. It's seeing what the best plan is and then implementing the plan.
0: Mm-hmm. It is, but it's also if you have someone who likes to build a thing, who likes to create something, chances are good that person is also going to have a vested interest in protecting the yeah. thing that That's they also true. Mm-hmm. that they built. Yeah. So that that all fits. It, makes, it makes the character makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and it's like like Picard. He's easily the most well-rounded, realized, yeah. fully realized character of the series. Like everything about him just fits together. Yeah, which I like. Uh, anything else?
2: Uh, let me just take a look, I, I, I hinted
1: at this with my big groan, but we open with ROM and singing, two yeah. of my favorite things.
0: <sighs> I'm sick of Vic Fontaine.
1: Yeah, me too. Well, we're we're not even to the most Vic Fontaine. We're going to Vic Fontaine oh, yet.
0: Oh, I'm sick of him. Still like his music,
2: though. It's fine. I said it.
1: Well, it's I fine. Like, I, I like...
0: like- old standard show tune stuff mm-hmm. you know, I like when I like it's
1: playing that. in the background what yeah. I don't like is when we take an entire scene and make it about singing a song and nothing else is yeah
2: happening. it really starting to feel like padding
1: right but but the music itself I do yeah. I do enjoy I think I mean of course there are people who don't like this kind of music but I bet as types of music go this is the most broadly agreeable type of music mm. there is yeah er, like almost everybody likes some kind of like Sinatra Big Bandy type stuff yeah. like there's going to be a handful of people that say no just to be Contrary or whatever. But most people like this kind of music. Um, Got Nog using his ears, of course. Uh-huh. they I, actually, I actually don't hate that.
2: We talked about this. It wasn't that terrible in this one. No, it
1: wasn't. They they got guys that all have different skills. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, look, they need someone who can hear. Yeah, who can hear.
2: Well, and they even, like, the their tricorders aren't working. The uh, Jem'Hadar are blocking their uh, scanners. Yeah. So the only thing they have is Nog listening for approaching Jem'Hadar.
0: Right. Jem'Hadar are probably blocking their scanners with poison gas. Yeah. Yep.
1: Or putting some kind of ear poison out there. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
2: like, it actu- like it actually tortures the, uh, the scanners.
0: Yeah.
1: They've got, like, a, a tuning fork that makes super sensitive hearing just, like...
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, anything else?
2: Um...
0: That's all that I had to say, um, yep. except for should I put, should I talk about my quote here? Yes, please yes. do. So, I like I said, Quark's speech is really good, but I wanted to give you guys a nice example of the uh, the way that a bunch of characters in this spoke.
1: And this is actually again, if you've seen Breaking Bad, Tuco, one of the yep. more interesting characters on that show. Yeah. This is the guy playing him, given this this speech. Yep. This. Now I'd like to take a look at this arm. <laughs> What the hell are you doing you keep your hands off this bandage I need to treat your wound nobody touches this bandage is that understood why is that I asked you if you understood yes that is, that is uh,
2: not crazy. well <laughs> I wanted to play one of the best so I wanted to play one of the best scenes in this episode for you guys but instead I want you guys to listen to why I'm pissed off yeah the well, Amanda story. Suffer.
1: The thi- No, the thing is, if we're painting a picture of a bad episode, then playing a great quote is not going to get that point across. Yeah. The listeners are not going to understand why we hated it so much. Hey, that sounds like a good episode. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: that's not the reason I did this. I know,
1: but <laughs> I understand. But I'm trying to put a good spin on it.
0: Don't bother.
2: Yeah, don't cover up my spite.
1: I've <laughs> apparently be- turned into that guy. I don't know how that happened, but I'm the least evil guy on this show, I
0: guess. <laughs> wow. The listeners know. They know. They know what I'm about.
1: That is probably true. Well, they're scared of you. <laughs> Speaking of what you're about, why don't you promote your website, Amanda?
0: Oh yeah, let's promote my website. Um, I do a daily photo blog on Tumblr, and that's giantblackalbatross.tumblr.com.
1: And this is uh, my professional photography that you spend time on. This isn't just like snapping pictures with your phone.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. This is um, I do some nature photography. I photo some local comedy stuff, and I do some, uh, sort of artsy fairy tale type uh, Mm -hmm. shots and you can also go to my website which is Mm giantblackalbatross.com
2: um
0: so you should probably all do that or else i'm coming over to your houses (laughs) she's coming to your house after (laughs) school
1: uh speaking of local comedy also uh as as we've mentioned uh august 22nd we will be recording our first voyager episode uh yeah episode 236 at the pocket theater in seattle Mm -hmm. uh admission is free uh well, it's pay what you can slash buy a beer. But if you're completely broke, you'll be all right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But come see us. We're doing a live recording. It'll be a lot of fun.
0: I'm super, super excited. I am too. Like, yeah.
1: really, it's a good jumping on point, I think. Like, like all jokes about, about open mind, blah, 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 whatever. The, the fact is, you won't need all the baggage of all the previous episodes. We're starting with something new. Mm-hmm. We're going
0: to come up with new baggage. Yeah.
1: And it's a great time to, to start. On the ground level and and see what we're all about and and see us in person, which I think would be fun because Matt is only one state away now.
2: Yeah, I can just come
1: and he can just pop up here and record and then go back home the same day. Yeah, it's not a big ordeal anymore.
0: And I'm only one room away. Uh Always. Always Well, you'll be there taking some of your
1: fantastic photography, which will then be featured on giantblackalbatross.com.
0: That's true. Synergy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt, get us out of here. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.